All right, how's everybody doing? It is Wednesday here in the beautiful city of Chicago. Hopefully everybody's staying safe, everybody's staying healthy, everybody's staying away from each other, everybody's staying sanitized, and everybody's wearing a mask, of course. I'm Mike Jeffers, Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and you are watching Chicago Music Revealed, episode 86. And that's our theme song. Thanks to the great Craig Pilo out there in L.A. Uh, always appreciate that. Love that theme song. Got a lot of compliments on the theme song. By the way, want to thank everyone for watching yesterday and the day before. And, of course, today. As I always say, if you like what you're hearing, what, like what you're seeing, pick up the recording of the artist I'm going to interview. Who's going to be Brian Scarborough? We're going to bring him, him on here in a second. He's got some great connections. Not only he, he's from he was born in Illinois, I just found out. And then he went to Kansas City, and then he came back up here, went to DePaul, and now he's down in Kansas City working as a professional musician and an educator. So we're going to talk all about his new recording, Sunflower, which is uh, coming out in two days. So we'll talk about that. But also I want to make sure everyone also knows that Andy's Jazz Club is doing live music, and so is the Jazz Showcase. They are doing live music, and they are doing live music. They're not serving alcohol, but Wayne's keeping it going. Thursday through Sunday, 7 p.m., 9 p.m. shows right there in the South Loop. And, of course, Sunday, 4 p.m., Save the Children, Joe Siegel's Sunday matinee still happening along with an 8 o'clock show. So all the information at jazzshowcase.com. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell everyone, as I've been saying, I am also the Director of Programming and Entertainment at the soon-to-be-opening Epiphany Center for the Arts, 201 South Ashland Avenue, right there in the West Loop. Three music venues we're going to be announcing. I know I keep saying this, but I think we're going to actually be able to announce a couple of shows this Friday. So stay tuned for that. We are going to be very excited about it. And we're also going to be excited about announcing, I think, next week a pay-per-view platform that we're going to be partnering with a wonderful company. And we're going to be pushing the Chicago sound out throughout the entire world. So stay tuned for that information. All the information you can get at epiphanyshy.com. Sign up on our newsletter so that you are the first to know what's happening with Epiphany in Chicago. All right, enough of that. Let's get down to the real business here because nobody wants to hear me talk anymore, but we want to hear from my guest, Brian Scarborough, a wonderful trombonist, and he is uh, currently in Kansas City. But as I mentioned before, he was born here in Palos Heights, from what Brian told me before we came on live. He went to school at DePaul, went back to Kansas City, went to Kansas City, came back up to go to DePaul, and now he is down in Kansas City. And Brian, how are you? Congratulations on the soon-to-be-released recording. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm doing doing pretty well staying safe and stay saying uh sane uh, <laughs> yeah. but yes it's an exciting week sunflower song coming out on friday so this is a a week and a time that i've you know thought of time and it's it's very exciting that it's finally here so so i mean that that's the the name of the the recording is sunflower song and yes. i you know reading over the liner notes, well, the, the the press information I got, and I'm sure a lot of it's in the liner notes. A lot of these songs you wrote and you were inspired by different different experiences or people that you experienced in your life um, enabled you to start to write some of these compositions. Did you think about um, any of this stuff? Like, I mean, did you sit down and conceive, okay, I'm going to write an entire recording or I'm going to put a retire, an entire recording together and... Uh, and this is how I'm going to do it? Or did these tunes just kind of come to you throughout the process and they all kind of came together into one recording? Yeah, so I I think, I mean, I've been writing 
tunes for a long time, especially for for like a, a jazz combo setting. And over over the years, I've just kind of developed, you know, a, a style that started to come, you know, a little bit more into focus the last few years with this core lineup in my quintet. And um, so, yeah, when I set out to do this recording, the original, you know, it, it was just trying to write great music for my band and, and having the, the band perform them live and having them grow you know, in performance and over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, over, you know, a series of maybe six to eight months, there just became a very nice cohesive sound for the group, a nice concept, people really interacting really well together. And then I think also through that time, my uh, compositional style had just kind of become a little bit more refined and, and felt a little bit more organic to me as a composer, a little bit more natural. Um, so I think it was just kind of the culmination of a lot of things. Uh, it wasn't the intent to write an album, you know, inspired by a bunch of different people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or places, but you know, it, that stuff also at the same time, I think is something I'm aware of on a daily basis and really grateful to be surrounded by great people and, um, you know, wonderful places. So, uh, I think it was just a natural kind of evolution. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about, uh, about the meaning of this, uh, of the title and the title song, Sunflower Song. Sure. So Sunflower Song, um, the title track, uh, every fall we get these really wonderful uh, fields of sunflowers in Kansas and actually, you know, other places in the Midwest as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're just, you know, breathtakingly beautiful, Um, especially when there's a really good, you know, a a good crop of sunflowers. And uh, that's always been something that I just thought is is really, really magnificent and just a really beautiful sight. So... um, I also felt, you know, kind of appropriate, too, because sunflowers are really tied to the state of Kansas, where I live, and my band being, you know, currently comprised of all Kansas City musicians, it just felt kind of like a nice nod to, you know, the area where we, yeah. you know, area we call home, so. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it, like I said before we came on, I mean, I really, I really like the way that you, you compose, because as I mentioned before we came on and I'll tell all the listeners now, since they're on right now and they're listening to the show, you know, when I listen to different recordings and especially when somebody's composing and they're an instrumentalist, sometimes they're composing more with a, a theme with a, with a melody in their head. And then when they put the overall recording together, it might not necessarily fit with their instrument all the time because, you know, I think every instrument it, you've got to compose directly for every instrument in order for it to, to be a cohesive work. And trombone, especially to me is a difficult instrument. I think to compose for first, you don't hear tons of people playing and composing, you know, trombone jazz music. I mean, there's a lot, but not compared to saxophone and trumpet. Right. So there, there's that. But then also, you know, sometimes, some of the lines and some of the melodies and things like that don't don't work as well on trombone as opposed maybe on another instrument. The way you wrote this and the way the band performed behind you, it's really a truly like a, an ensemble slash then soloist, you know, uh, compositions on here. But the trombone just fits in. I mean, it works with all the melodies. It makes a ton of sense. And now you've played trombone for a long time, so I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but as a drummer, that's what I hear because I've played on a lot of different recordings like that. And I just feel like this recording, the trombone really blends in well, and it's very musical. The whole recording is musical. 
yeah, thank you very much. I think again, you know, a few a few things there stand out to me. One of them is uh, just the the group of players on this recording is really special. And the first time that particular lineup played together, it was really, you know, it really made an impact on me because of how well everyone worked together and how everyone was so open musically to take chances and shape the music in different ways, different nights. And um, so that was a big part. And I think that contributed a lot to the success of the tunes. Um, but another thing that when I'm in, you know, composing these tunes, I always tell my, my trombone students this, but you know, the range of the trombone is the range of the human voice. Mm. And so I use singing a lot when I'm composing um, because I figure, you know, if it sounds natural when I'm able to sing it, it will translate well to the instrument. So that is a tool that I use when I'm composing and it does, uh, it does seem to work pretty well. Well, I'll tell you, so let's talk a little bit about um, some of the tunes on this recording outside of the title track. Uh, the one that stuck out to me, talk a little bit about this, because this caught my eye when I was reading through about it and I listened to it. This one's for John, a jazz quartet, which I'm assuming you were leading and running, in a contemporary church. So talk, talk about that. That sounds pretty interesting to me. I might actually go to church if there's a contemporary jazz quartet performing there. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was back, I think we started in maybe 2016. Um, it ended about a year ago. Um, but it was a, you know, kind of a contemporary service, not, you know, scripture based or mm -hmm. anything like that. It was very communal and trying to bring the community together um, and just, you know, we would have little discussions and um, music would play a big part as well. So I was approached um, by the, the pastor who was starting this and they were really keen on having live music. They were interested in uh, jazz and they were really just interested in, you know, the, the power that music can have um, on people. I think a lot of the, you know, the church music has lyrics and things yep. to all the hymns. Um, but I think part of the approach that he wanted and that really struck a chord with me was, you know, the power of instrumental music and letting people feel what they're going to feel and experience the music as it happens live. Um, so that was, you know, the original kind of starting point and, it started on a weekly basis and then kind of went to, you know, twice a month. Uh, but it was just a chance to write new tunes. And, and that was the other thing they wanted was original compositions for this. So, again, some of these tunes, a couple of the tunes on this project originated in that, um, you know, format. But it was, you know, the, the almighty deadline as the yeah. you know, inspiration. <laughs> it's like, all right, got to have something got to have something for a Thursday night. So, well, you know, and, and it's interesting though. I, lo I love that concept of like, you know, the music being meaningful and what it means. And, and, you know, it's a spiritual aspect, obviously, but I love the fact mm -hmm. that there's a church service that was actually thinking that way. You know, I mean, that, that had to be inspiring to you just because you're playing there, but all these people that are there listening are really thinking of it that way rather than being in a club. I mean, it's a whole different experience, right? It was, it was a really, uh, a, a great core group of people like the leadership team and yeah. the pastor had a great vision. Um, and I thought we did a good, a good job, you know, bringing that to life and really making an impactful kind of service. That was really a different, you know, a different outlet for people. Yeah. Well, I, I, so. I love that concept. Maybe they'll be able to bring that back. I'd love to see that up here in Chicago. Cause I don't think that happens up here in Chicago either. I think they do jazz vespers and things like that, which are really incredible, but, not on a regular basis, you know, once a month, sure. maybe. Well, now, not at all. But, 
you know, we'll get we'll get back to some semblance of normal at some point. So yeah. talking about so you've got this recording, Sunflower Song. What 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 number recording is this your first recording? Yeah, this is my debut album as a band leader. So this is a very exciting time. <laughs> so how I always love to ask this. I've had I've had different musicians on well for the past 86 episodes now. I've had a lot of different <laughs> musicians on and they've all talked about different experiences when they're putting together these projects. Um, when you go in to record, are you able to actually play or are you thinking about all the logistics, all of everything that you put in to get there, not to mention the compositions and everything, but just the coordination of the band, coordination of the studio, coordination of everything, get everybody together. Finally, you're in there, you're ready, you're counting the tune off. Did you find it difficult to all of a sudden switch and say, okay, now I'm actually playing and I'm recording myself playing. I'm not the leader anymore. I need to throw down and play what I want to hear on this recording. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you know, it's a tremendous amount of things to keep track of and making sure everybody has their parts far enough and advanced and everything is prepared. Yeah. Um, and then I did find though, again, you know, this band has, has played a lot together. Um, I, we had all actually recorded at that studio before in different, you know, different groups and things. And we'd worked with that engineer before in both in live settings, but he'd also engineered some of those recordings that we had done at that studio so there was definitely a comfort level that was very, very helpful when we were kind of getting into that. Okay, now it's time to throw down yeah. attitude. Um, but luckily, again, I think the band was really was in a good mood. We had, you know, just there was a good vibe and a good energy. And I think that kind of allowed everything to just kind of, okay, you know, fade away and focus on on the task at hand, which was you know, trying to lay down solid takes and and get something you know that we can put out and be proud of. So now this is on a this is on a, a label, correct? Isn't it outside music? Outside in music? Yeah, this is on outside in music's yep. next level recording label. So yeah, nice, nice. Well, congratulations on this recording. Now I, I've got to talk a little bit before I before I let you go. Of course, we're going to encourage everyone to head over to Brian Scarborough music.com to pick up the release in in two days comes out august 7th so yeah. in two days it'll be there he's got links all over his website so everybody can go check it out and uh you know i i love the fact that you're putting it out now you're putting it out you have a you have a captive audience shall they say because i mean people <laughs> right. are looking for looking for new music to listen to but also you yeah. have a connection here to chicago and we need to talk about that because you know, DePaul Music, the DePaul Music program, the Jazz Studies program in particular, uh, has just grown leaps and bounds over the past 20 years. And some of the top guys have come out of there that are playing all around Chicago and in New York now and everywhere else and Kansas City. Talking about you. Yeah. But oh, um, you. you actually got to study with Bob Lark and Tim Kaufman and Dana Hall. They were all, all three of them were there at that point. Right. So talk a little bit yeah. about why you decided to come to DePaul, because you probably could have gone to a, a numerous other places. Sure. So I did my undergraduate studies at the University of Kansas uh, in trombone performance. And, you know, about halfway through the degree, I knew I wanted to kind of continue my education and started looking around different places. Um, and I traveled to a few different cities and took some lessons, visited a few schools. But I remember very vividly going to visit DePaul um, in every interaction I had before I even got there, emails, everything was, yeah, sure, we can make that work. Oh, yeah, you know, Bob, Bob Lark will be happy to meet you at this time. And yeah. um, it, everything was just very, very well organized and everybody was very, very kind. And then I remember getting there and I met Bob and he was wonderful. And 
I took a lesson with Tim Kaufman, and I remember being just blown away by him as a player, but also as a teacher. Yeah. And then I remember we went in and we were able to listen to the DePaul Jazz Ensemble. And I just remember going in to listen to that big band rehearsal and coming out of there thinking, that's not normal. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was world-class, yeah. you know, it was, it was mind blowing. So, I mean, I can definitely say from that first visit, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to go. And I would think I was a junior at the time. So I kind of had a long, you know, the runway was in, was in sight for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had gone back and visited and did the whole audition process and everything my senior year. I moved to Chicago in uh, in September 2013. Lived up not too far from the Old Town School of Folk Music, up kind of by the Brown Line Montrose stop. Yeah, sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, started started there fall two, 2013, and and fell in love, you know, right away. Yeah. Um, I was just I you know I had grown up in Kansas city and done my degree in Lawrence, which is real close to Kansas city. It's a great school. That's a great school too. It's yeah, it was wonderful. Um, but and it, it allowed me to continue to work cause I started freelancing a little bit in high school, continued to freelance during uh, college and then just kind of wanted something different. And, uh, and DePaul just kind of was everything that I was looking for. So, um, but yeah, I got to play in all the ensembles there and, and study, like you said, with, you know, Tom Matta, composition and arranging and improvisation with Dana Hall and Tim Kaufman. I mean, it was really a, a rock star lineup that I was, you know, constantly just meeting new people and being inspired by wonderful teachers. And then also my peers at the school. Yeah. You know, that I remember some of the people that I was in ensembles with were just phenomenal musicians and, and phenomenal players. So it was just a really great network of people and getting to play both in school and outside of school. Well, I was going to really say, wonderful. I mean, you know, that's the one thing too, that, that DePaul, you know, there's, there's other, you know, well-known music schools, but the fact of DePaul's location and the proximity, you're, I mean, you're, you're on the North side of Chicago. You're essentially downtown Chicago because it's five minutes to Andes. It's to five minutes yeah. to the green mill and everywhere else. And all those different jam sessions, all the little clubs that are around that have live music. Who are some of the guys? So when you came to Chicago, and you're going to DePaul, who did you go check out like playing out? Because you, you now you have that opportunity at that point. You're in DePaul. You're not yeah. only having to stay on campus, but you know, you're able to go and, and see some world-class professional players throughout the entire city. So were there a couple of people that inspired you outside of Tim that, 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 uh, you know, really, really, you really latched onto and couldn't believe what you were hearing at first? Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I think there was definitely, you know, the, the talent level was, was incredibly high yeah. and it felt like, you know, every jam session you went to, you met somebody else you'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. That was just terrific. So that was always a really enjoyable thing. Um, and I actually, my old roommate, Andrew Janik and I used to play in the house band at Phyllis's upon oh, division yeah, okay. on Monday nights. Um, and we started that in, I think 2013 and did that for a couple of years. And so by doing that, it was kind of every Monday we were there and we'd get to meet, you know, all these people traveling through town or people stopping in to jam. And that was, that was really amazing. Just getting to meet again, <laughs> yeah. some, some other younger, younger players that were, you know, going to Roosevelt or just various other schools mm-hmm. and getting to meet them and kind of network. Um, but yeah, 
like you said too, going out and checking out. I remember there was a concert with uh, guitarist John Mulder and Marquise Hill at the Green Mill. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to that and just being blown away. Probably Paul Wertico was playing drums or something too, right? Because if he's playing with Mulder. Or... Yeah. I, I'm not sure who the drummer was yeah. that night. I don't remember. But I just remember leaving just like – because at the time, you know, I remember everyone was saying, you got to hear Marquise. Yeah. And uh, and I also had a John Mulder record before I moved to Chicago and, and absolutely loved that. So when I saw them on the same bill, I was like, well, we have to go. <laughs> and uh, I just left and was like, jaw on the floor, just – it was it was truly amazing. So there was no shortage of inspiration um, by great players and great writers. And, you know, getting to play in Tom Matta's big band yeah. and playing those arrangements or playing with um, Bob Ojeda had a band mm. that played down at the Union League um, Club of Chicago. Sure, the, the Lumen Arts. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep, so, Bobby Ojeda, yep. Yeah, we had uh, a band that would play once a month down um, for a for a event there, mm-hmm. and then just getting to stand next to Bob Ojeda was like, yeah, right. oh my gosh! You know, we <laughs> get there early, and he's telling stories about you know working as a as a writer and arranger out in L.A. and working with you know Frank Rosalino and all these great players, and then he you know takes a solo on you know on something, and it just sounds like it's supposed to sound right right it's just so so that was you know something as well it was a lot of younger players but then some of the older players too like bob and scott bentall and tom garling Mm -hmm. well and and the thing that i think a lot of people don't understand either you know from a musician standpoint is a lot of the guys i'm going to say 99 percent of the guys that are performing and playing professionally in chicago that that can really play are very encouraging to younger people coming up too. There's not a lot of super vibing or something like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to blow this kid off or something. They're really giving. I mean, you brought up Garling. I mean, Garling will sit and talk to you and, and, and play and, and, you know, Hey, yeah, this is, you know, this, that sounds great. Maybe fix this, fix that, whatever. But everybody's like real, kind of like let's let's keep the generational thing happening let's pass this music down let's keep it going let's keep expanding jazz you know so that it can continue to grow right i mean that sounds like the uh, the the things that you took away from chicago and then the fact that you're studying with all these world-class musicians at depaul best of both worlds i'd say huh yeah i mean i think that was definitely my experience you know people were very very positive and encouraging um, and you know, they'd let you, let you know if, if they needed to send a message, but it was always coming from a, a place of, you know, caring and just wanting to help you grow. Mm-hmm. But I think again, you know, that speaks to one of the reasons I fell in love with DePaul was, you know, such a world-class institution and, in, you know, in the heart of Chicago. And so having access to all those clubs and jam sessions, it, it really just was a perfect fit. So. Yeah. No, it's it, Hey, well, we're glad you came here. We're sorry you went back to Kansas City, but it's not that far away. So hopefully when everything calms down, you'll be back up here and you can actually play some of this recording, uh, Sunflower Song, live in Chicago because we'd all love to hear it. But, of course, I'm going to tell everybody to head over to BrianScarboroughMusic.com to pick up a copy on Friday, August 7th. And, Brian, it was great catching up with you. I'm glad we're connected now, so keep us posted on anything else you have going. And if you come back up to Chicago, definitely reach out so that we can help 
tell people about the fact that you're playing live in Chicago or teaching or whatever you end up doing up here? No, I, yeah, I, uh, had me and my former roommate had, had been planning a trip up, you know, and back in May and, uh, that was, you know, maybe the beginning of the year and, and then obviously things took a, a, a turn. So <laughs> I definitely want to get back up there and do some playing and see some people and, um, eat some great food and drink some great coffee and <laughs> just take in the city. So it's definitely time to get back. That's right. That's right. Well, hopefully we'll all, we'll all make it through this thing. We'll come out on the other side and, uh, and the music business will, uh, recover and we'll all be even in a better place than we were before we got into it because we've all kind of realized how much we miss everything so you know yep that's that's the name of the game but congratulations on the new recording of course again brian scarborough music.com go pick up sunflower song on friday thanks again for jumping on brian it was a pleasure talking to you and congratulations on the new recording yeah thanks so much for having me mike appreciate it and uh yeah Sunflower song out on Friday. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Yep. See ya. Brian Scarborough, man. I'm telling you, go check this out. I know I say that all the time, but I'm not putting people on the show that I'm not going to recommend. It's not, it's not like I'm lying here. This music is really good. We have a lot of good music coming out, don't we? Wow. We had Matt Ulrey and of course, Tana Alexa. What an incredible interview that was on Monday. And of course now uh, Brian Scarborough and I hate to tell everybody this, but I'm off tomorrow and Friday. No show tomorrow and Friday. We'll be back on Monday. We're going to announce a new revised schedule starting next week where we're going to be doing two, three shows a week. Um, just out of my schedule for the next couple of weeks, things are getting really super busy over at the Epiphany Center for the Arts and everything else I have going on. So we're going to do three a week rather than five. But hey, three is better than zero, right? So we're going to keep that thing going. And uh, we're going to keep plugging along, keep telling people what's happening, who's on the scene anywhere throughout the world. So, of course, if you like what you're hearing, you like what you're seeing, make sure you comment. Thank you, Carmelita Rivera. She is always on there, always wishing us a happy, jazzy, cool night. And I love the fact that she's on. So everybody else, chime in if you're listening, if you're digging it. Give us a like, give us a comment, give us a heart, leave us a DM. Share this, like this. If you like what you hear, as I always say, Please tell your neighbors, tell your family, call the grandkids Monday, Monday, back here, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, Chicago Music Revealed. Check out all the pod, past episodes, podcast, Chicago, jazz, audio experience. Everything's up there, and we will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, folks.